How's it hanging, you racist? I'm Dave Rubin. <laughs> I'm Dave Rubin. It's February 3rd, 2021. This is the Rubin Report direct message. I should apologize. That's not the right way to start a show. You can't start a show by calling your audience racist. You're a bunch of racist, homophobic, transphobic bigots. I'm sorry, I tried to condense it into one little thing. How you doing, people? Good to be with you. A lot of silliness going on. Uh, some banana stories we're gonna have to talk about from your uh, failing mainstream media and much more. Uh, quick reminder, guys, you know, people just keep telling me over and over that you're being unsubscribed from the channel, you don't see the videos. Click the bell, click the other thing there that says, yeah, I wanna see the videos. And then when they unsubscribe you, click it again. I know it's a little cat and mouse game that we're playing with the YouTube people, but please go ahead and do that. Okay, I wanna get to the stories real quick today because uh, just, there's just like a lot. It's just like a lot and we tried to, we tried to mix it up with the stories today. Um, so it's not all purely political stuff, it's some media stuff and, and some educational stuff and what not. So first off, uh, there was a clip going viral yesterday from CNN. Now, if you haven't seen CNN, it's, it's a network that's on at uh, airports, although it won't be on much longer. They just lost the contract and they're not gonna be on airports anymore, uh, which is pretty great. I was actually uh, flying out of Dallas a couple days ago and CNN was on. And it's just interesting because especially when it's muted, which in this case it was, which was nice, nobody watches, right? And, and by the way, it's not like anyone would really watch any airport TV. We've all got phones and uh, most of them play both video and audio and people just don't pay attention to those things. Anyway, CNN at one time was a place of journalism. They had people who did something in the proximity close to actual journalism, fact finding, uh, calling out uh, both sides when they did something wrong. They were doing something like that. Actually, when I was growing up, I remember the first time when I was really getting into politics uh, in around ninth grade, I actually started a little bit before, probably around seventh grade is when I was sort of getting into politics. But I remember in ninth grade when the uh, Iraq war started, the first Iraq war, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, I remember our social studies teacher having us watch CNN when we got home and reporters on the ground and seeing rockets be fired. And it, and it was journalism, it was journalism. Well, it, it's not that anymore. It, it's a place for democratic activists to push propaganda. And I've talked about this before, but if you don't think so, I mean, just go through the list of people that are on CNN. Are they Democrats or Republicans? Like, is it not obvious? And by the way, I don't care what they are if they would just report honestly, but like, do these people, I'll just name a couple names, do they strike you as Democratic activists or journalists? Jake Tapper at this point, Brian Stelter, Jim Acosta, Chris Cuomo, Wolf Blitzer, David Axelrod, who I'm gonna get to in a few minutes, Don Lemon, these people are, are all Democratic activists. That, that's just what CNN is, it just is. And you know, I've been discussing over the last couple of weeks that one of the things that I think our challenge is gonna be uh, as free thinking people who aren't completely locked into the matrix and, and blue pilled and just willing to swallow whatever the media throws at us is how much time should we spend talking about the places that promulgate the bad ideas like the mainstream media, right? Like on one hand, very few people are watching them at this point. On the other hand, they seemingly have influence because they report on themselves and it feels like they're still brainwashing a certain amount of people, which they are. And for those of us that don't buy into it anymore, on one hand, it kind of feels like, oh, we shouldn't, we should just ignore them and move on. And then on the other hand, it's like, you wanna keep calling out the nonsense so you can wake up more people. Well, this clip that I'm about to show you is a perfect example of that. So John King, who again, I'm sure is a Democrat, 
uh, but that's sort of irrelevant for this. He was doing a panel on this ridiculous Trump impeachment thing that nobody is for. Nobody's for except a couple far left Democrats and a couple people in the media that just wanna keep you clicking on Trump's name. Nobody's for it. The guy's gone, he's disappeared, he's not on Spotify, he's playing golf, let him be. Okay, we've all moved on, they can't move on. Anyway, they had a uh, legal analyst by the name of Jennifer Rogers on the show. And I'm gonna play the clip and spot if you can find the lie. Uh, Counselor, let me start with you. This is the 14-page brief filed by the president's lawyers. Uh, it says, number one, this is unconstitutional because he is a former president. Uh, it says, number two, that he has a First Amendment right to speak, and therefore he said things at a rally and people attacked the Capitol. You can't hold him accountable. Yeah, those are wrong, um, and they're well countered by the very long brief the House filed earlier today. I mean, you don't have a First Amendment right to lie. You don't have a First Amendment right to put people in danger, uh, and he did both of those things. Um, and, of course, we know the jurisdictional arguments were covered in about 40 pages of the House's brief as well. That is extraordinary. Do you see what just happened there? A CNN legal analyst by the name of Jennifer Rogers, I don't really care about her, uh, she just said that you don't have a First Amendment right to lie, that Trump doesn't have a First Amendment right to lie, which means that you don't have a First Amendment right to lie. Think about what that means. That means that the government can jail you or punish you otherwise if you lie. We would all be in jail, myself included. We've all lied. We've all had some white lies, we've all lied about bigger things. Uh, I do my best not to lie. I try to tell you the truth as much as possible and I try to do that in my personal life as well. But we all lie and of course you're allowed to lie under the First Amendment. What you can't do under the First Amendment is a direct call for violence and then we've got some very, very uh, you know, stringent laws around libel and that sort of thing. But beyond that, you're allowed to say whatever you want. You're actually allowed to use hate speech because the Supreme Court has decided it's not even a thing, hate speech. Again, you can't direct people to violence. You can't coordinate a terror attack, that sort of thing. But of course, you have the right to lie. Now, she continued on there for about 45 seconds, and then they went back to King, and he said nothing. Now, anyone, can I get, when you're interviewing people, sometimes they say kind of crazy things and an interview can go on, believe me, I know this, and you wanna get, get back to something and then the whole conversation has changed. I do long form interviews, so this happens quite often. Someone will say something, but then they'll talk for another two minutes. And then by the time I wanna get back to that original thing, you know, we've moved on to something else and it feels kind of crazy to go all the way back there. That's not really how cable news operates though, because they do these very tight, quick, sort of meaningless segments. The idea that three other panelists there three other people in those little cable news boxes didn't come back and say, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a legal analyst, but everyone with any level of education knows that you actually are allowed to lie under uh, the First Amendment, that it does protect your right to lie. Um, could we just make a mention of that thing? So you see what's going on here. Now, many people saw this and it went viral. And of course, CNN, as far as I know, on air has not issued any correction. King didn't do it then and at no point throughout the day. And no, no other, I tweeted it, you know, and then a lot of people saw it. And it's like, of course, Stelter, Mr. Reliable Sources, who keeps the media, you know, in check. He's the truth teller. It's like, did he say anything about it? So then uh, Jennifer Rogers did, once she realized how this clip was going viral, she did tweet at directly at the DC Examiner. So that means the only people that see this tweet are people who follow the DC Examiner and her. That's a little insider trick of Twitter. She wrote this. That was wrong. Obviously, people can lie. I meant to say Trump has no First Amendment right to call for a crime to be committed or to call for something dangerous. Sorry for the misstatement. I mean, 
no, like that's just not acceptable. It's completely not what you said. We know you can't call for violence. We, we absolutely know that. You said you have no First Amendment right to lie. That person, I, this, I don't believe that in, I'm not calling for a mob to come get her or anything else, but that person should not be a legal analyst that's on CNN anymore. Or I guess it's, she's probably the perfect analyst to be on CNN. But I would say there's something a little more nefarious here, which is that in a way, it's like that is kind of the lie that CNN would want to push out to their audience, isn't it, right? Like, wouldn't you want more people to think that the government doesn't let you lie at the same time you're saying that so many people in conservative media lie to their audience and give them misinformation and that those people are subject to disinformation and manipulation? And then if you started thinking, well, wait a minute, it's against the First Amendment for those things to be said. Should we jail these people? Should we... Uh, otherwise punish them. So you can see it's like sort of a lie that they would kinda, kinda dig. And, and that's a, that's a pretty, de pretty depressing statement. Um, but, you know, such is life. I then saw this tweet this morning from David Axelrod. He's a senior uh, political analyst on CNN and you're not gonna believe this, guys. He was also a senior staffer in the Obama administration. So I'm, I would imagine he'd be completely impartial in everything he's saying, just because, you know, George Stephanopoulos, who also worked at the Clinton administration, he runs ABC News. And we know that basically everyone that's part of any Democratic administration ends up on CNN or MSNBC or ABC or NBC or the rest of it. Uh, but David Axelrod had a tweet this morning that I thought was sort of interesting because I've been talking about Jen Psaki a bunch on the show. And I think she's basically completely incompetent despite the fact she's getting only softball questions She's, of course, uh, Biden's press secretary. Axelrod wrote, uh, Jen Psaki is really putting on a clinic on how the role of press secretary should be done. Smart, direct, and good-humored. Honest, both about the information she shares and about the questions she can't answer immediately because she simply doesn't know. Boy, are they holding power to account over there at CNN. I mean, do you think that that's real analysis or is that a guy who works in the Democratic machine who then gets a job at CNN to then fluff basically the press secretary for the president who he likes, right? Like he, the president now, Joe Biden, was the VP under the guy that Axelrod worked for. You think that that might have something to do with it, but this is all passed off. You've got lawyers literally lying to you on CNN, and then you've got CNN analysts with just drivel fluffing. That's what it is, it's fluffing. If you don't know what fluffing is, Google it, but not if you're at work. Um, that's what these people are basically doing. And I just think it's important to know it. But I am curious your thoughts on this. If we should sort of still focus on this nonsense as their audience sort of crumbles, or if we should move ahead. You know, I did a story, what was it, about two weeks ago, that they're very worried at CNN uh, about YouTubers that now have more viewership than they do. And our direct messages, this show has absolutely been crushing it. Most of our shows now are getting between two and 400,000 Views again. This is this is me and my producer Michael and my director Connor. When we sit in here for a few minutes and discuss what we're going to talk about, and then I go ahead and do it. I have a thing in my ear here so I can hear the clips, but nobody's giving me instructions. This is whatever comes out of my brain. I think it's a little more honest than what's going on there. But I really would love to know your thoughts on this. What is it that we should do in this strange time of disintegration? Should we keep calling out their nonsense because we want to make sure more people know about it, or is it just time to move forward? Um, you can let us know in the YouTube comments down below, but the, but the best place if you actually want me to see it is rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, okay, let's move on uh, to a place where things actually seem like they're, oh, wait, sorry, before we move on, I do wanna say one other thing. 
I was on, to just show you the difference between say what CNN does and scary Fox News. I wanna just show you something that happened to me in the last couple days before I get to this next story. So on Friday, when I was in Dallas, I was on Outnumbered on Fox. And for those of you that haven't seen Outnumbered, they have four female co-hosts, and, uh, and then they have one male that comes on. I, I, was, I was playing the male on that particular episode. It's hosted by Harris Faulkner, and uh, there were a couple other, Kim Klasick, who I've had on the show is on, and Tommy Laren. And uh, in the middle of the show, about 15 minutes in, it's an hour long show, uh, they cut to Andrew Cuomo's press conference about COVID. You'll see why I'm telling you this story related to the first story that we just went through. They cut to the press conference and then we watched it and they said, hey, we're gonna show this for about 10 minutes and then we'd love for you guys to respond. So I watched it for about 10 minutes. It was absolutely embarrassing. I mean, Cuomo blames everybody but himself. He, he actually blames God at one point. And several times he mentions that old people are the ones dying and he at least twice, I think more, references his father, Mario Cuomo, who died. Mario Cuomo is the former governor of New York. I grew up in New York, Mario Cuomo, my parents supported Cuomo, he, he was a good governor. Uh, much better than his son. But several times he mentioned Mario Cuomo dying, his elderly father dying, as he's talking about all of these people dying of COVID. So when we came back, they threw to me, they asked me what I thought. I, I, I told them how he's just, you know, the buck stops with nobody, he's kicking the can down the road. And that I'm sorry to hear that his father, Mario Cuomo died of COVID, um, but you know, such is life. Like, okay, I, you know, he did, he did not do the good stuff. Because the implication when he kept bringing it up was that his dad died of COVID. Now it turns out, that his dad did not die of COVID. And I think he intentionally conflated it in the speech to make it sound like he was the one that was the victim here. So you know what happened? Just to show you the difference between Fox News and CNN. Now I made a mistake, okay? Absolutely, I completely own up to it. I either misheard it or he intentionally misled, whatever it is. He's talking about old people dying of COVID, keeps bringing up his father in his 80s, but I, I botched it, no doubt. When we went to commercial, I got something in my ear from the control room and they said, Dave, you know, you actually misspoke. It turns out that his dad died before COVID. Uh, we'd like to issue a retraction. We'll have Harris do it. Harris is the main host. And I said, I said, well, if I made a mistake, then absolutely you should do it. But I said, I'm more than happy to do it myself. If I'm the one that made the mistake, Harris doesn't have to you know, issue an apology on my behalf. They came back from commercial, Harris threw to me. I said that, uh, that I butchered it and that it turns out his dad died before COVID and that was it. Anyway, I think you see, you see why I'm telling you this whole story, that in that case, there was some misinformation that was spoken, it was obvious, they were gonna issue the retraction and I was more than happy to do it myself. That is very different than what just happened on CNN right there, where they, everyone on that panel either knows that you're allowed to lie under the First Amendment or is an idiot. One of the two, and I didn't see anyone on CNN or even just the CNN communications team. Why didn't the CNN communications team throughout the day just tweet out, hey, by the way, our legal analyst completely told you something that was absolutely wrong today, but they, they just didn't do it. Anyway, I just thought juxtaposing those two situations that happened within a couple days of each other, and one of them happened to directly involve me, I thought that might be interesting to you, you racist bigots. Um, all right, next up, Texas, which is where I was last week, and it was open, and it was wonderful, and I ate indoors with other human beings, and it was just incredible, and we had a, a great Ruben Report meet and greet, which was just wonderful seeing all you guys. Uh, well, Texas Governor Abbott uh, is calling for bolstering of civics education in the state. Pretty spectacular, if I do say so myself, uh, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Governor Abbott himself. This session, we must continue to fund education as 
we promised. Also, if we expect the next generation of Texans to keep Texas the best state in the nation, we must teach them why we are so exceptional. We must educate them what it means to be an American and what it means to be a Texan. So we must bolster civics education in our classrooms and ensure that everyone learns the values of freedom, good governance, and patriotism. Good governance and good God, I wish that man was my governor. Hashtag recall Gavin Newsom. Uh, Abbott is saying a couple really interesting things there. He's saying if we are to continue, if we are to continue, then we gotta do something better with education. We need to start teaching some patriotism. We need to start teaching some civics. You know, all the time on this show, I'm always telling you guys about the three branches of government and checks and balances and the difference between the legislative branch and the executive branch and the judicial branch. This is stuff that really you're supposed to learn in probably eighth, ninth grade that I don't think most people know. And most people seem to think the president is allowed to do whatever he wants. And, and as you know, that's basically how we're governed at this point. And it's, and it's very dangerous and it's completely counter to why the United States was founded in the first place, that you wouldn't want power in the hands of the very few, in this case, a king or a president, you would want it distributed throughout the states and allow people in a local sense to make as much decisions, as many decisions for their life as possible. That, that's what you would want, that's the way it was set up, it's not really the way we do it. Um, but I love that he talks about American and Texan there because he's saying that America, basically, the country of America with all the states, there is a national ethos here that we should be proud of. There is something extraordinary that we have done here in 250 years. And where are you allowed to talk about that at this point? Who out there? Do we have celebrities out there that are talking about how great America is? Do we have uh, newsmen or otherwise trusted sources that are telling you how great America is? Or pretty much everywhere you go in mainstream, you're told how horrible America is and that it was founded on slavery, not on the ideas of freedom and all of this stuff. And Texas has a particularly unique uh, opportunity here because it is now one of the places that people are fleeing to, right? People are fleeing my God forsaken state of California and they're going to Texas. People are fleeing New York and they're going to Texas. Well now, if you're the average guy in Texas, you better make sure that your education system can stand up to social justice, can stand up to critical race theory. Otherwise, you're gonna turn blue pretty damn quick. And let's not forget that Beto O'Rourke almost beat Ted Cruz for Senate. That is, deep. Beto O'Rourke, who, who his whole thing is anti-gun, almost beat Ted Cruz in the great state of Texas. So the idea that we would teach more civics, more pride in America, that you're allowed to be patriotic. I don't want propaganda taught. I want an honest assessment of the country. And by the way, we do a really good job of that almost everywhere. You know, I've mentioned this a few times. I've been to Thomas Jefferson's estate at Monticello in Virginia. I've been there many times. And when you take the tour, they mostly talk about slavery. Now there's an awful lot that they could talk about with Thomas Jefferson, but they do, not only do they acknowledge slavery, I would say a disproportionate amount of the tour is focused on slavery. This guy did an awful lot of stuff. When you go to George Washington's house right outside of DC and you take the tour, which I did about a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, they focus a tremendous amount on slavery. It's not that we're ignoring our past. We're not ignoring our past. 
Um, but we have to also acknowledge that a lot of good stuff happened too. And I hope we'll get better at that. You know, and this is the great question for those of you that, that believe anything that I've said here, are there any state education systems that actually work anymore? I, I don't know that there are. I, you know, we're working on having kids and it's like, am I, would I ever send my kids to a California state school? You know what I mean? Like a, 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 an elementary school? That was, that was state focused, where they're gonna get all of this bad information. And by the way, then what do the Democrats wanna do at the same time? They wanna stop charter schools and they wanna stop school choice because as I always say, if you wanna indoctrinate people, what would be the best place to do it other than a California state school? So anyway, I just think this is super interesting and I hope that, I hope that Texas and Abbott are able to get this stuff into the curriculum and maybe that will spread to some of the other states. Uh, but let's jump as our final story to our friends up north the Canadians, uh, because they've got their own set of problems there, and this has been coming for a long time. Uh, and you remember that Jordan Peterson guy, uh, who, by the way, has a new book coming out next month, and yes, he will be on the show. He has been slowly coming back. We've talked a little bit on the DL. Yesterday, he he tweeted at me about coming back on to get a little, a little public excitement going. So yeah, the band is getting back together, and Jordan will be on the show in about a month to launch his new book. And, and I hope we get to talk, obviously, a little bit about uh, you know what he's been through for these last two years, which was, uh, in his words, it was a pretty brutal experience. Um, but he, but he's getting there. He's not 100%, but he's getting there. But I hope we get to talk about that, and I hope we we get to talk about the year that we spent together, which was which was pretty magical. You know, in 2018, most of 2018 into some of 2019. You know, basically um, traveling the world and and helping people help themselves. It was it was extraordinary. It was a life changing moment. In many ways, it feels like a dream to me when I think back on it. I'm like, wow, that was incredible. We did 120 stops in 20 countries, talking to all these people. It was it was awesome, and I hope to do something like that one day again. And maybe when, I don't think Jordan will be touring this book obviously because of COVID and, and his health stuff, but maybe when my next book comes out, which I'm working on right now, uh, maybe we'll get to do that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, Jordan has been warning about all of the stuff around hate speech and online hate in Canada for a long time. As you remember, one of the things that put him on the map in a, in a worldwide sense was that he was fighting against the incoming legislation that would allow the government to punish you if you misgendered someone. His point was not to be mean to trans people or treat trans people differently or anything like that. His point was that the government doesn't have the right to compel speech. He, as he said many times, and as I have said many times, and, and any one sensible has said many times, of course you wanna treat trans people with respect and they should be treated equally under the law and all of those things. But if you either intentionally or accidentally misgender someone walking down the street, should you be fined or put in jail? That's what he was fighting against. And Canada now, they don't have the First Amendment protections that we have. Uh, Jennifer Rogers on CNN is a little confused as to what those First Amendment protections are. Uh, but the protections that we have basically allow you to say whatever you want without direct threats. There's a couple other things, the fire in a crowded theater with the intent to do harm. Okay, we all know all this stuff. At least I think most of us know this stuff. We have to do better in terms of civics, uh, but that's a previous story. Um, anyway, the Canadian government is saying that, quote, online hate legislation is coming soon. Uh, this is from the Supreme Court of Canada. I mean, this is just extraordinary. I agree with the arguments that the quest for truth is an essential component of the marketplace of ideas, which is itself central to a strong democracy. The search for truth is also an important part of self-fulfillment. Now here's the line you gotta really focus in on. This is from the Supreme Court of Canada. However, 
I do not think it is inconsistent with these views to find that not all truthful statements must be free from restriction. Not all truthful statements must be free from restriction. Truthful statements that can be interlaced with harmful ones or otherwise presented in a manner that would meet the definition of hate speech. I mean, that is absolutely extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. This is coming from the Supreme Court of Canada. And let me just say something about our First Amendment, which again, will confuse Jennifer Rogers at CNN. The world is jealous, jealous of our First Amendment that you can say whatever you want. And it is on the ropes right now. It is very, very obvious, whether it's through lying, talking heads on CNN, or people like AOC who want commissions to study misinformation. Ah, that would be interesting. So the government will fund things to potentially close down media outlets. Wouldn't that actually be an infringement on the First Amendment? Why? Why, yes, it would. Um, people worldwide are jealous of our freedoms, and now I think you understand why. Let me read that line one more time. However, I do not think it is inconsistent with these views to find that not all truthful statements must be free from restriction. What, what truthful statement would you want restricted? Uh, I believe it was Jim Carrey who said the truth will set you free in Liar Liar. He's definitely the one that came up with that, right? Um, yeah, of course you should be allowed to speak the truth. If we don't have the truth, we don't have anything. Like truth or bust, people, that's it. So the idea that they're coming in here and saying, oh, you might say something true, but that could also be laced with some mean things or hate speech, hate speech. There's no such thing according to the United States Supreme Court on hate speech. It does not exist. You're allowed to say mean things to people. You're allowed to say mean things about groups. You can't instigate violence against them. And I would prefer that people be nice and not bigoted and not racist, but you just are allowed to speak freely, at least here in America and at least for now. Canada has a whole other situation brewing right now. And these are important things to think about because what is happening across the West, across the Western societies, we are seeing expansions of government that are infringing on people's ability to communicate. And that is, that is not good. How about that for, anal for analysis? It is not good, people. All right, guys, uh, this Friday, uh, I'm doing a panel on faith and belief and non-belief in these crazy times. I'm gonna be with Eric Metaxas, uh, who's been on the show before, who's fantastic. Uh, David Wolpe, Rabbi David Wolpe, uh, who's also been on the show, and my friend Peter Bogosian, uh, who is a non-believer. So we've got a Christian, a Jew, and a non-believer, and we're gonna talk about belief and purpose and meaning in these sort of crazy political times. I know you guys have been enjoying the panel shows, and I think this one will be particularly meaningful. Uh, by the way, part two with my interview, uh, part two of my interview with Andy No, who has like been the guy on the front lines of everything going on with Antifa for, for years now. And it's been a true joy to watch this guy grow. I, like, I feel like I knew him when he was a kid and he's just like grown and grown and grown and grown. And he's a true journalist. And I can say it without doing the air quote thing. He's a true journalist. Part two is up on YouTube right now. The full episode is up totally ad free at Ruben Report. Dot locals.com. Speaking of locals, I got a whole bunch of meetings today. I'm basically, I've, I gave myself another job in the midst of all this if I wasn't busy enough. So I got, I got some other stuff to get to. So have a great day, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow.